20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Packers Patriots ends in a very somber way, obviously, a game where the Patriots were leading 21 to 17 and the game was ultimately suspended due to a really horrible injury to Isaiah Bolden. We'll obviously start there and beyond anything else, thoughts and prayers and energy and everything else to Isaiah Bolden. We did receive good news that he has feeling in all extremities, which is a great sign. He is going to stay overnight in a Green Bay hospital. He collided with a teammate on the last, what would ultimately be the last play of the game. And obviously the biggest single concern at this point is for the well-being of Isaiah Bolden. And I thought, you know, Green Bay, New England, the commissioner, the NFL overall, did a really nice job of making the ultimate decision and determination to suspend play. Now, clearly this is not going to be a suspension. A suspension would mean that they're going to unsuspend it at some time and that they're going to finish. That's obviously not going to take place. It'll be suspended and then it'll ultimately be, you know, just ended and, 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 you know, that'll be the end of it. It's not like they're going to remake up any of this preseason game in any capacity, but obviously that's not the concern. The score is not the concern. It's always a stark reminder that in this game that we love so freaking much and that we care about and that we we follow and we talk about, etc., does have, you know, real life consequences to it, whether that be the long-term health of players, whether that be the short-term health of players, and then just obviously these very scary moments that can take place and the worst of all scenarios. And injuries are bad at any time, in any moment, whether it's a practice, a game, whatever, right? But in the fourth quarter, 10 minutes left of a meaningless preseason game to have something like that happen is just brutal to see. And again, your your thoughts and prayers and energy certainly just go out to, to Isaiah, his family, the Patriots, etc. But like I did say, I, I do believe that the NFL clearly made the right call here, especially with it being a preseason game. I could go on about this. I'm not going to. I'm just going to make one comment on it and then move on. But some of the comments that people are making about the game being canceled or suspended and not finished, etc., it is a preseason game. There are three things that I could think of as to why you would be upset. Either A, you are not understanding the preseason nature of this, the exhibition nature, the fact that this game does not matter in any capacity. That's number one. Number two is that you bet on the game, whether it be a DraftKings lineup, whether it be something else, which if you want to bet on preseason football, be my guest. I get it. I understand it. You do you, right? But if you're doing it with, you know, that much stakes on the line that you cannot, you know, that you're going to be upset because the game got canceled, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? And then the last is just that you're a troll and that that's why you're upset and you're making ridiculous comments on it. And either way, if you're that gung-ho about a preseason football game or that you're you know upset because you lost a, a bet on a preseason game that ultimately got canceled or you're just being a troll, like just be better. Like the biggest thing here was the well-being of the player. And then it's a game that you like the the point of this exhibition game and of this you know preseason performance is simply to evaluate players. They had two joint practices to evaluate players, 
And then, you know, what, basically over three quarters of a preseason game to evaluate, they got more than enough evaluation from the, the two practices and what they got out of this preseason game to make their determinations. And there's still a whole preseason game left. So that, that I'll, I'll end it there, um, you know, being on my soapbox. I know that's not why people are tuning in, but I it, just seen some of the comments online and I know it's online. I know it's social media. It's always going to be some level of toxicity. I get it, but it's still just so frustrating and stupid to see people not have basic, simple empathy in those sort of situations. So most importantly, again, all good vibes and juju and energy and prayers and thoughts and everything to Isaiah Bolden. Hopefully he comes out of this, you know, better and stronger and, and, and is able to continue his, his NFL career and all of those things. Like I said, I'll, I'll say it one more time, did have feeling in all of his extremities, and hopefully that is a really great sign for him moving forward. And obviously we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as this goes along and we get more news on him as well. All right. I know there's no easy transition out of that. I know that that is the, the biggest, you know, just cloud that's hanging over the game. And, you know, you never want to see it end in that capacity. But there was obviously a full football game, almost full football game that was played up until that point. And I know obviously the reason that you are tuning in and listening to this is to go over the key takeaways and what happened in that game. So I will be doing that. I will be going over it. I did just rewatch uh, the entirety of the game. It is now 1.34 in the morning on Sunday. So, you know, obviously uh, had the opportunity to rewatch it, did the press conferences post game, obviously watched the game live in the press box. And I'll be going through the full all 22 tape tomorrow and I'll have all of my notes on that as well. But here were my, my biggest takeaways on a game that obviously had a, a horrible ending, but had some really interesting moments up until that point. The first was Jordan Love. And this was just another sign and reminder and just really exactly what we've been seeing in training camp from some of the really good stuff from Jordan Love. So he ends the day five for eight, 84 yards, a touchdown, two carries, 11 yards. And we saw some more of those really impressive flashes of just really impressive play, right? He showed that he can make the, the throw down the field to Romeo Dobbs. A phenomenal catch by Romeo, obviously, but led him perfectly. And, you know, he was asked, you know, did it, did it hang up a little bit too much? And, and LaFleur talked about it as well. Jordan thought no, and, and I tend to agree with him. I, it, was, it was a great pass. It was a great pass to, to Romeo. Romeo did an even better job of, of going and getting it, getting his feet in bounds, and a great challenge by Matt LaFleur on the play. I thought the throw to Jaden Reed was impressive. He showed off his scrambling ability, showed off some toughness. So I mean, again, was it perfect? No, he had a throw in the you know little out route to Luke Musgrave that was a little bit high that probably robbed Musgrave of maybe trying to get upfield and make a play. You know, a couple throws or you know just a couple things that I'm sure he'd like to have back overall. We'll talk about the missed snap between him and Myers in just a moment. But overall, once again, he showed poise, confidence, command, control everything that you want to see out of QB1. And yes, you had two drives to begin with that didn't go anywhere. You had the the you know three nice run plays and then a sort of a messed up screen play and then the botch snap. Nothing really there on Jordan, which we'll go over more in just a moment. You know, the second drive just, you know, couldn't really get too much going. And then you finally have the touchdown drive at the end. He also had a really nice first down completion to Romeo as well uh, on a third down play. So I thought this showed once again, the, the Jaden Reed throw was phenomenal. 
So I, I thought once again, this showed exactly what Jordan is capable of. Is this a regular season performance? No. Is it going to change come regular season time, meaning that things get a lot tougher and you know defenses are going to game plan for you and those sort of things? Yes. But was this another really good indicator of what some of the things that Jordan are you know is capable of? Absolutely. I thought this was another really positive step in the right direction for Jordan. Really nice day in practice on Wednesday. Tougher day on Thursday, sort of a hang with them. Three, you know, turnover worthy passes. Two of them were ultimately intercepted. Not a great day for the team, the offense, et cetera, on that day. Bounce back has the five of eight, 84 yard, one touchdown, two carry, 11 yard performance, including the touchdown drive to cap things off and the touchdown pass to Jaden Reed. One cool story that came out of the post game press conferences is they went to call the first play of the game. And what they wanted to do is have like sort of two calls baked in based on what the defense was showing. So if the defense showed one thing, they were going to call one thing. If the defense showed another, they were going to call another. And they had, you know, sort of some of that flexibility. Well, while Jordan was getting ready to sort of go through that with the offense, he looks up at the play clock and realized that basically the, the clock operators and the referees had made a mistake, but the clock is down to 13 seconds on the play clock. So Jordan quickly recognizes he doesn't want to call a timeout. So he just calls a play. So he calls a play and gets him up to the line of scrimmage and runs the play. Now, as they get to the line of scrimmage, the referees look and and see the mistake and they reset the play clock, but obviously they're already at the line of scrimmage. The last thing you want to do is call a timeout on the first play of the game. And Jordan recognized that, but he got, you know, got the team up to the line, called the play. I guess sort of semi-impressive that he calls a run play too. You know, he's a quarterback. Usually if you're a quarterback, you know, maybe I'll, maybe there's a play in the back of the playbook that I never get to use. I'll call that play, you know, deep shot down the field to Christian Watson on a, you know, double move or something. But no, he calls a nice little run play uh, to Aaron Jones. Jones picks up some, you know, five, six yards and then he had two back-to-back runs by Dylan. But I thought that if you want to know the poise and command and just everything that Jordan is aware of, all right, the the difference between rookie Jordan Love and current Jordan Love is just so insane. And you want to talk about taking the time to develop a quarterback. We'll see like some of the accuracy stuff and how he can, you know, gets through games in a full regular season when teams start game planning for him. There's a lot of work yet to be done. Job not done for Jordan Love, but his ability, like his cadence is insanely better. His awareness his like just complete command and control of everything that's on the field, getting players lined up at the line of scrimmage. Just, he knows all of it now. And like, there's still a long ways to go. There's still a lot that he has to learn, but it's really impressive to see the work that he's put in, the work that the Packers have put in and where he's at and just a night and day difference from where he was at as a rookie. So really, really impressive stuff from Jordan Love. I thought that was a nice step overall in the nice uh, in, in the right direction for Jordan. All right, let's talk a little bit about that Josh Myers, Jordan Love miss snap, because clearly that's something that you cannot have happen in games. As we've talked about, there have been a ton, and I mean a ton of missed exchanges between centers and quarterbacks in this training camp. That was the first one that was out of shotgun. However, every other one that was, whether it was with Myers or Love or Clifford or Etling or whomever it was, they've always been under center. That was the first one that was a shotgun snap that went awry. So what happened is we've all seen it, right? For years now, and I mean years, where you do the hard count, you get the defender to jump off sides, and you see him jump, center sees him jump off sides, you get the free play, so you snap it right away. 
so that you have the ability to get that free play. You know you have the five yards no matter what, worst case scenario. And now you have the ability to, to maybe get a chunk play down the field. And if it doesn't work out, you still have that five yards. Well, Josh saw a defender jump on the on to his right side, the defender's left side, obviously. And he saw that jump. So assumes that you know they want to get the free play, snaps it back. Jordan had gone through his initial cadence. And then, you know, didn't see a snap. So he starts going, you know, looking around again and, and surveying the entirety of the field to go over what is ultimately going to get called and run on the next play. Starts going through his next, you know, get, getting ready to go through his next cadence. And as that happens, the ball is snapped. He's not even looking. Ball goes over his head and, you know, Packers can't recover. Patriots recover. And it's a huge turnover and ultimately leads to a touchdown, not on that play, but, you know, in the ensuing drive for the Patriots based on just an amazing field position because of that Packers turnover. Well, you know, come to find out the defender was not in the neutral zone. They did not have a free play and Jordan wasn't ready for the snap. So, this is exactly what preseason is for, is, is to get some of those plays out of your system. Obviously, the evaluation of players too, but to get some of those plays and to, to learn from those mistakes so that they don't happen in a game. That's an easy mistake to correct. Josh, I'm sure, will moving forward, will understand that he's got to make sure that A, the, the player is a million percent past the line of scrimmage and in the, new, you know, in the neutral zone so he can make the snap and have the free play. And, it, and, and be aware too of that, you know, Jordan's got to still be paying attention if you're going to snap that ball. So a learning point, nonetheless, I don't, nothing that Jordan did wrong on that play whatsoever. That's on Myers. You go watch the play. He was clearly not offsides. And I mean, clearly not offsides. So yes, there was a little bit of a jump and I can understand why you're like hyper motivated to get that snap off, to get that free play. But just because you see something out of the corner of your eye that you think might be a, a you know neutral zone infraction, you got to make a million percent sure before you get that snap back to a quarterback that might not be expecting it. So I, to me, that's clearly on Josh, not on Jordan, but something that's going to be easy to learn from and don't expect it to be an issue moving forward. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so we talked about Jordan. Let's talk about the other quarterback in this game. That was Sean Clifford. 13 of 19, 137 yards, one carry, two yards. I thought he was also very poised, very confident. 
stayed in the pocket, you know, got out of the pocket when he needed to, made some pretty impressive tight window throws down the field, couple to Malik Heath, one to Grant DuBose, couple times where he probably put his wide receivers in maybe a little bit too much of danger and, and kind of throwing some potential hospital balls and not, not don't mean to say that clearly uh, in jest when you've had a, a, a moment that happened in this game, but you know, th- those are the type of throws that you know, you, you, you don't want to put your wide receivers in danger on a couple of them, but overall, like for a fifth round pick that again, some people were saying should not have been a drafted player. He's been super, super impressive. He had the two minute drill where he led the team down for a field goal. And then really towards the end of the game, as they were going down on that final drive, you know, final drive of the game, ultimately there would have been what 10 minutes left. So it's not like it was the like an end game scenario, but still Patriots had just scored a touchdown. And now Sean was driving the team right down the field to hopefully counter, if not with a touchdown, at least with a field goal to cut the lead to one. I thought he put a couple of really, really nice drives together at a touchdown drive, the field goal drive. And then of course had the, uh, you know, the potential drive at the end to, to either take the lead or cut the lead to one. So I thought it was another really impressive performance from Sean Clifford too. Clearly looks like quarterback number two for Green Bay and well ahead of where I would have expected him to be at this point. So two straight positive performances for Sean Clifford overall. Next, I want to talk about the young playmakers on the team because I've been talking about it over and over. These are different type of playmakers for Green Bay. They have size, they have speed, they have athleticism. They've like there's just a really fun mix of players from Watson and Musgrave to Dobbs to Jaden Reed, like all of them, right? We saw a lot of fun performances in this game. Let's start with Romeo Dobbs. Two catches, 52 yards, really nice catch on the first down, really tough contested play. He goes out, plucks it out of the air and makes the catch. And then the the big play down the field where, you know, not much room for error there. Jordan gives him an opportunity to go get the ball. He goes and gets it, gets both feet down, first down, you know, just really impressive stuff from Romeo. Jaden Reed on the touchdown play. First of all, you know, making the, the catch. And then, you know, not only making the catch, but having the toughness to, you know, get out of that situation, get upfield and get in the end zone. He also did a nice job on maybe the throw that, that Jordan might want back the most. He There, there was, a, I think it was a third down uh, situation, but there was like kind of a, it was right along the sidelines and Jordan threw to, to Jaden Reed and the corner's all over it. I mean, corner is all over it. If Jaden doesn't come back to that ball, you know, aggressively to try to make that catch that, that potentially could have been an interceptable pass, but Jaden, like just being Jaden. And I've talked about it over and over. He is a big catch player. He he plays far bigger than his size and he is going to, you know, find ways to get involved in the play almost no matter what. Right. And he comes back to the ball, you know, almost makes an, you know, a pretty impressive attempt at just trying even to catch it. But if nothing else, making sure that that's not intercepted, that was a pretty big play by Jaden too. Luke Musgrave, not a huge statistical day for him, but a couple more catches. And I thought he blocked pretty darn well. And let me say this about Luke. And I, I when go back and listen to my scouting report, when I, you know, did a deep dive on him following the selection that, you know, when, when Green Bay picked him. His his blocking technique, whew, work in progress, right? There's there's going to be some some big time learning curve there. He's not anywhere close to that. But in college, you could see the effort. He cared about it. He had attention to detail about it. And like there were plays where he was consistently hitting his landmarks and figuring out ways to at least get involved in the play and if nothing else, get in the way. 
And again, you could tell he cared about it. I saw that in this game too. From a technique standpoint, still a work in progress. Not perfect. Not always pretty. But was he giving effort? Yes. Was he getting in the way? Yes. Like the touchdown run by Patrick Taylor, a great example. Was it a dominant block by Luke Musgrave? Are we comparing him to Mercedes Lewis? No. But did he get enough of them? Did he care about it? Did he get in the way to allow that Patrick Taylor cut back for the, the touchdown? Yes, he did. And there are a few different plays like that where you can tell it's not, this is not Jimmy Graham-esque where it's just mailing it in anytime he has to block. He cares about it. He wants to be good at it. He's not there yet. He's not the most physically intimidating, you know, just bulky, huge tight end, right? He's got good height size. He's not, again, the, the, the biggest, toughest, strongest tight end in the world. But that's not what you're using him for. You're using him for his incredible athleticism. So anything that he's going to give you as a blocker is a plus. I thought he gave a lot of good effort. Some of the technique stuff still needs to get better, but I thought that was another nice performance from Luke. Malik Heath, five catches, 75 yards on five targets, caught all five of his targets, including a couple really tough contested ones. One where I think his, his helmet popped off on a play. So five for 75, he continues to impress. Grant Dubose in limited opportunities had two catches for 27 yards. These young wide receivers and playmakers are legit. That's not even including Christian Watson. Watson didn't have any opportunities in this game. Yeah, I still have, I, I've started to see some rumblings of like, hey, you know, maybe Samore Toure is the odd guy. I don't see that happening at all. I think Samore Toure is very much going to make this team still. So I'm very much on team seven wide receivers. And I think I think that's ultimately, you know, ultimately going to be the case. We'll talk about Dontavian Wicks at the end. You did have a little bit of an injury. So maybe that opens something up as well. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's fine. But these young playmakers, really, really fun. They had another really nice day on Saturday. Let's talk about a playmaker on defense, a player who had a fantastic week of practice against the Patriots, and that's Kingsley, JJ, and Igbari. Multiple sacks over the course of the week against the Patriots in practice. Matt LaFleur joked saying like it, they didn't always stop them and call them sacks in practice, but he had a, a really nice week. And then you know, followed it up with a big time game. Matt LaFleur told him in the, the pregame that he was going to get a couple sacks in this game. And he did that. First of all, he made a really nice play on a jet sweep, stayed home and made it difficult for the, the Patriots player. Then he had a sack on a really nice long arm and just bull rush. Like, and that's, a, that's a new twist to his game. He, he's got a, he's got a wide repertoire of moves that he can use, but that was an impressive move from an Igbare. And then another play where he gets around the edge you know, gets the sack, forces the fumble, and then recovers the fumble as well, which is, you know, you love to get the sack, the force fumble and the fumble recovery all in once. That was a really nice, you know, performance by Enigbari. And it was stacking success from Wednesday to Thursday to Saturday. He, he to me, showed a big time step this week in the right direction. Really, really fun game for Kingsley Enigbari. All right, let's talk about Carrington Valentine next. A up and down day. This looked a little bit more like a seventh round pick. He'd been pretty pretty impressive up until this point. This day, some good, some bad, some ugly. It started with a hold in the end zone uh, that resulted in a first down and a third down. And the, you know, the Patriots getting another shot and ultimately punching it in for a touchdown, but had a holding play in the, in the end zone. Then he had a near interception. So nice play there. Got his hands on it. Maybe it looked like he got his hands on it. Maybe should have been picked, but still good positioning. Almost another interception for him. Then the Kayshawn Booty touchdown. I, I talked about it yesterday in my preview show. I was really excited to see Demario Douglas um, and you know Kayshawn Booty against Carrington Valentine. 
Booty got the best of him on this one. Anthony Johnson Jr. compounded things with, by taking a bad angle, but that he was involved in that play. Then he had a pass breakup. Then he had a pass interference. Then he had another pass breakup. Then he allowed a completion. And then he had a really nice tackle in the open field. So some really good stuff from Valentine, but some shakier stuff. We hadn't seen that up until this point, but it's just a good reminder that this is still a player that is a work in progress. Still an unbelievable camp and preseason for him overall, but some things that he still needs to clean up as well. Meanwhile, Carl Brooks, another late round pick. He had a fantastic game. He had a would-be sack that was wiped out by a, a you know penalty in the defensive backfield, but still a really nice play by him. He had a pressure on third down that you know resulted in an incomplete pass. He had two other pressures that I saw, a phenomenal tackle for a loss. That dude just figures out how to get into the backfield. He did it consistently at Bowling Green, didn't matter where he lined up. He's doing it again in the NFL. Now the next step for him is going to be to do it against starters. He's been great against backups, but he's been fantastic and looks like a really sound, you know, sound find in the sixth round for Green Bay. Manuel Wilson kind of picked up where he was last week. Now, not to the same like super playmaking extent, no 80 yard runs in this game, but 15 carries, 63 yards, 4.2 yard average, two receptions, 15 yards. Matt LaFleur mentioned that he ran hard, but interestingly enough, also called out his conditioning, said that there were a couple of times he was kind of huffing and puffing out there with getting a little bit more of the workload. So that will be worth keeping an eye on as well. A noteworthy um, you know, call out from Matt LaFleur, but I, I thought overall, Emmanuel Wilson had another really nice day. Rashid Walker got the start at left tackle. I thought he played a really nice game. I'll know a little bit more when I watch the All-22 tape and grade everyone on it, but I thought he had a really nice day. And the fact that they, like, let's think about this for a second, right? Jordan Love gets the start in this game. The fact that they trusted Rasheed Walker protecting his blind side in a preseason game where you like the biggest thing that cannot happen is Jordan getting hurt, that is telling. That is extremely telling. That is a lot of trust. Got a lot of first team reps against first team defenders for the Patriots. I thought he held up really well. That's a that's a noteworthy performance by Rasheed Walker. And by the way, fourth quarter. Going into that, you know, final drive before the game got, you know, ended, Yash Nyman still in there at tackle in the fourth quarter. Rashid Walker start, Yash Nyman in there in fourth quarter. What that means, I don't know, probably not much, but an interesting development nonetheless. Rashid Walker, impressive performance. Anders Carlson, three for three on his kicks, two extra points and a 52-yard field goal. So hopefully that is a really nice step in the right direction for him. Meanwhile, this young team, 11 penalties, 85 yards. Some of that sloppiness that we saw Thursday in practice carried over in the game on Saturday. That's some of the stuff that they're going to have to clean up with a young and experienced team. You can expect that stuff to happen from time to time, but something that I'm sure Matt is going to want to fix sooner rather than later. And then the really bad news, you know, you do have some injuries that are going to happen as well. Tavarius Moore left with a knee injury. I saw that one on replay. It did not look good. He got rolled up on. He was able to get off and limp off, you know, without the uh, assistance of anyone else. But I don't know. It, it did not look great. But hopefully, he's not. Gonna, it's not anything serious. He did get rolled up on pretty bad. But we'll we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that one. But he had a, a knee injury. Did not return. Jake Hansen had a shin injury. He was down for a while. He did not return. Dontavian Wicks had a hamstring injury. He did not return. And then Henry Pearson, the fullback, had a knee injury, and he also did not return. So Tavarius Moore, Jake Hansen, Dontavian Wicks, Henry Pearson all left the game with injuries, and none of them returned to the game. Packers that did not practice, 
Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Lou Nichols, Corey Ballantyne, Ennis Gaines, Tyler Goodson, Rashawn Gary, Devondre Campbell, David Bakhtiari, Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, Bo Melton, and Tyler Davis. Next uh, practice is going to be on Tuesday. That's open. That'll be open to the public. It's going to be at noon. Wednesday's practice will be the last training camp practice open to the public. That'll be noon as well. And then the practice on Thursday open to the media. No practice that's open to anyone on Sunday or Monday or on Friday. And then of course, the next preseason game will be on Saturday. One other thing really, really quick, kind of a cool moment. There was a touch that, that the first touchdown drive by Sean Clifford, the only touchdown drive by Sean Clifford, that that drive was led by Sean Clifford, but Emmanuel Wilson, Malik Heath, and Patrick Taylor were huge key parts of that drive as well. Sean Clifford, fifth round pick, many thought was going to be an undrafted player. Emmanuel Wilson, undrafted free agent. Malik Heath, undrafted free agent. Patrick Taylor, undrafted free agent. Now, we are in the, the, the world of preseason and exhibition play, and a lot of guys that are undrafted players and so on and so forth are going to get playing time, but I thought a, a ton of work by Emmanuel Wilson, Malik Heath, and Patrick Taylor, three undrafted guys on that drive that led to a touchdown. Kudos to the Packers scouting staff for those guys leading that touchdown drive. Um, they've been impressive, and Emmanuel Wilson, Malik Heath, Patrick Taylor, all very much in conversation for, for 50, you know 53-man roster spots, and Sean Clifford clearly going to be the backup quarterback as well. So kudos to the scouting staff for that specific touchdown drive. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be right back here tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss it, so make sure to subscribe. I'll see you guys soon, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!